Scruffy Audio Network. Hey, how are you? All right. I love saying that sentence. I love that. Thanks, Nikki DeMonaco, for hey, how are you? I like it. Hey, um, this is season two, podcast one of one year of doing podcasts. That's amazing. Thanks, crew. My crew here. Uh, yay! It's awesome. And I have my uh, repeat guest probably for the first time of this year. I think I might have done it with uh, Chad Speck and Emily, but I think um, my first male active athlete, Tyler Gibson. Tyler, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, I'm so glad you're in. I always get a smile when I see you. It's it's uh, You're like Santa Claus. You come in and out real quick, and I might see you once a year for a week, maybe two weeks. So on the part two, it's uh, been a year. What have you been doing? So, yeah, it's, I always love coming back in here, seeing you guys. It's always good energy and everything, so... So uh, what I was coming in here since uh, senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I always love coming back. It's uh, the Wood Gym is uh, so different than any other place. It's uh, just the coming back in. The energy is you can feed off of it and everything. So I love it. Um, but no, I've been uh, this past year in Indianapolis. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we uh, I've been in Indianapolis, uh, just cold, flat. <laughs> So it's uh, taking a little bit used to getting used to that, but um, no, I, we had a really good season up there. Um, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, lost in uh, overtime, and then so. But other than that, we had like a record year for the club and everything. So it was a very good season uh, as a team. But then personally, it was good. I played every minute, but six minutes. So it was a personally good season as well, especially coming off a broken leg. The year before, so did you train this off last off season with me for a minute, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I was in here for a week or two, like usual. Um, but yeah, with the recovering from the broken leg and stuff, it was not as much. I feel way better now. I feel like preseason last year it was it was still it's still tough. Um, just not the range of motion, not the strength back. It was I could definitely feel like I was favoring and. Um, and but now this this season like I've like getting back in getting with with certain people to that I've learned so much from like taking care of body mobility stuff and all that it's like really helped and I feel almost better than best I've ever felt so that's uh, exciting and I'm excited to push on for next season. Well, you sound excited, doesn't he, guys? He's so excited. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> interesting story, Tyler. Um, I bet you two guys don't know this. I'd say the three out of the four people don't know. When officially is a soccer season at the professional level? So it depends uh, on what country and everything you're in. But for the U.S., um, preseason will start about end of January, middle of January. Um, the first games will be beginning of March. And then we'll go till about... November, early November, middle November. So, um, yeah, that's the that's the typical schedule for uh, the U.S. Um, but it's a bit different in Europe and other countries. But Europe is kind of they start uh, 
in the summer have like a some some countries have like a little winter break for a week or two and then um we'll end up in may so it's a little different timing for different countries and everything but and and what's your next step now so i'm currently under contract with indy again and um so the plan is to go back there for another year and but I'm always looking. I've always had the the dream and goal to to go back to Europe and play at the highest level there. So, always looking for for opportunities and have a bunch of people and agents looking out for opportunities coming up. And um, yeah, in soccer, you never know what could happen. One day you could be with another team. Gibby, what's the lure? What what pulls you to always go back to Europe? So for me, it is. I mean, you have people from Europe wanting to come to America, and then you have people from America wanting to go to Europe. It's always kind of like that. It's something different, something new. For some people, it's uh, try a new lifestyle, different cultures, everything like that. And that is definitely an appeal. Like, obviously, I like to travel and, and see new cultures and way of life and just something different. But for me, it's for, for soccer, and um, I feel like my game is more suited over there because um, they're more technical, tactical awareness over in Europe. Just That's the style of play they like. And um, I feel like my game suits that very well. Um, here in the U.S., it's more physical and let's try to outrun, outjump, like just more physical and everything, And which is good. But I, I've always wanted to... To try over there, especially because it is so much bigger and more compact, more opportunities. Everybody scouts everything. So you could be playing in one game, kill it, and then move on to another, like a higher opportunity, just like that. Whereas here, it's still growing. It's still not as many people scout over here. Um, it's still working on getting more and more respected. Um, so it's, it's kind of that. Like, I just want to... I've always wanted to play at the highest level, so, and I, I feel like if I got the opportunity over there, it's anything's possible. Um, so that's that's the appeal for me. And how old are you? Twenty eight. Peak for soccer. Peak so, age. So yeah, that's the that's the one thing that is, is tough. Uh, so that is coming into your prime, and so it. A lot of people will say the age, the age will will hurt me and everything. Uh, getting an opportunity in Europe, and it's true. Like the the age thing is real. Um, but I've had friends, and I know plenty of people that have gone at the age of twenty nine, thirty, and then gone up from there. So yeah, it's real. But at the same time, like I don't, I don't buy into that. Like there's always one person that's willing to give you an opportunity. And so, like, that's been my motivation all along. And I like when people say that I can't do it or it's not going to happen because there's been so many times in my life when people have said that and it makes me more determined to, to prove them wrong. So, and I feel like I just get more and more fit and more and more, like, at my prime every year. And, like, learning new things from people like you and other people that think outside the box has, like, push my game to another level and I just feel so much more confident and continue to get better and I feel like I can play for a long time. That was, that was my next question. 
Yeah, so I've we had a teammate, or I had a teammate this year who's he was a legend in Korea. Um, played over sixty national team games with Korea, World Cup, and England, everything. And um, he was thirty-seven. So there's people all over the world that are playing till thirty-seven, thirty-eight, and it's all about like how you take care of your body. If you keep doing the right things, eating, sleeping, recovering, you can play till whatever. But a lot of people don't want to sacrifice and put in the time to do it. It's not all just on the field. There's a lot of stuff that goes in off the field that people don't see. That's just as important. So, and the mental aspect of the game, like if you don't, a lot of people lose the love for it and and just money hungry and all that, and they want to start making money because, like, I mean, in the U.S., the, the money is not that great yet. So it's something that you really have to love to do. Um, and for me, it's not, I don't, I don't really care about the money as long as I can live. And obviously you want it, but for me, I want to play, my goal is to play at the highest level. So I haven't lost that dream yet. So I'm going to keep pushing for it. And after lunch, we had lunch yesterday and it was, uh, cold and rainy and, uh, you were out running. Yeah. You, you had to eat a lighter lunch to make sure you go out running after training and, so it's a full day. Yeah. So yeah, take, no, take me through a full day in the off-season, like with the wood gym. So I usually train about four times a week. Um, Not Wednesdays. Yeah, normally normally I try to keep it Monday, Tuesday, <coughs> Thursday, Friday um, in the gym. And then have like the gym work and then uh, do some kind of running. Uh, it mixes up like just hitting the different systems and everything. Um, and then throw in there some, sometimes playing like pickup soccer with friends and other, other people to touch the ball. Cause that's just as important. Um, so yeah, I train quite a bit during the weeks. So it's also come into, as I've gotten older and more experienced, it's, you're always learning and tweaking and adjusting and adapting to, to different things and learning your body because like when I was a bit younger I would come in here like I think five times a a week and then go out and do running and then go out and play like I was doing three a days and I was just then I would get start getting little injuries here and there and I, I, I didn't know the different mobility stuff that I know now that and and recoveries techniques and all, all that stuff so it's always just just learning what what you need and you were saying it yesterday the you have the 70 percent rule mm-hmm. um which is which is true you got to know how hard you can push to and when to take breaks because that's tough like taking taking the day off is is tough um i always like to do something so yeah that's that's the tough part so yeah, yeah. well we talk about that a lot um on the show at breakfast, you know, I have athletes living with me now getting ready for, you know, bowl games and combines, is uh, the 70% rule really holds true because you're trying to use the word adapt, and that's what I use all the time, the adaptation phase of adapting, of coming in the next day and being able to do something, not being totally wrecked. Because you're not a bodybuilder trying to rest your muscle to grow. You're trying to do different movements, and like you said, uh, you're constantly evolving with your workout each off season. It changes. And I find that with all the pros I work with and the college kids, but mostly the pros. Cause they, 
they know their body so much more than the college and the high school kids. It's always going to change. And each each year you go, let's try this or let's try that or uh, let's tone that down and bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the biggest thing. And then, like, just learning what your body needs. and But, like, a day off doesn't necessarily mean just sitting on the couch for me either. So, like, always, like, like moving, doing some mobility work, taking care of little things. Like, that stuff is important on those days off because... For me, I feel like if I just sit around and do nothing, then I just stiffen up and then it takes you a day to get back into it. Um, so just learning those and staying. So you're four out of seven, four out of seven days a week. And you pretty and, much in the gym and running yeah. in the gym and running. Right. Yeah. Right. And Wednesday's recovery, regeneration type day. Yeah. Wednesdays can be like that, like mobility stuff. Like, uh, just little prehab exercises and stuff, or, like, training with friends and, and playing pickup here and there. Um, but, yeah, so I like to have a little breakup between that. Um, and it's good for, like, I don't know, ment- ment- mentality and stuff, or your mental being and everything, just to relax a bit and then push on again hard. So on your hard days. day, on your hard Monday day, let's say you go to work on Monday, off-season work, training... How many hours total? I'd say probably like four to five. Four to five hours. Yeah. Of total training. Okay. Somewhere there. And I like this podcast because I wanted to get deep with like what you do. Our first podcast is like introducing you. Who are you? How'd you get to the wood gym? Tell me your high school, college, pro career. Now, um, the dust has settled on that, and you're you're on to the next venture of hey, I'm a pro, and I wanted people to get to know like the day in day out of what that consists of and, and what you do, you yeah. know. And I, I and I think we covered that right. I mean, we went over like you know your nutrition is you know you don't seem too much of a stress guy of like uh, you seem pretty loose. You know, you go about your business like all the top pros do in here and the other sports. You always get singled out because everybody's like, oh, he's a pro soccer player. How many soccer players you got? And I'm like, you know, even you asked me that. And it's like, I really don't have any. And I don't know if Knoxville is a hotbed for soccer like it is for the baseball and football that I get. It's not a hotbed for tennis. You know, I train some tennis kids, but it's not like where Roger Federer is coming to train. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's definitely not a hotbed. Um but that's what we were talking about a little bit yesterday. I was talking to some of my old teammates and stuff. And, like, people always ask, oh, what are you going to do after after you're done playing and stuff? And I've done I've done coaching and stuff, um, not, like, for a, a team, but, like, personal training with kids and stuff. And, and I enjoy it. Um, I just don't know if I would want to actually coach a team. Uh, it's a, I don't know yet. But um, I would love to maybe start uh, an academy uh, here. Um, that's right. We talked about that a yeah. couple of days ago. Yeah, so I've, that's been something that just recently I've been thinking about because I have old teammates that have started academies and everything, and there's just so many there's, – there's such a lack of good coaches. And it's so – like you see some and you're like, how did you get a job? How are you teaching kids? Like what are you – like – it's crazy. So, so how would you rate it? Let's put it out there. Let's let it fly. How would you rate Knoxville 
for coaching, for player, for people that are getting out of high school to college to pro. I mean, I don't know another male soccer player that's professionally getting paid overseas and in states than you. There is, uh, there, there are a couple. Um, Why aren't they training with me? The the ones over in Israel. Oh well. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're not in town. No. So, yeah, it's not. You just come back, I guess, for the wood gym and, and the soccer taco. Yeah, lunch. absolutely. Big plug to soccer taco. Maybe they could be our sponsor this year. We're looking for new sponsors, too, by the way. 1-800-SPONSOR-ME. Um, so, yeah. So now that's the parallel you want to do is you want to get into. You talked about that a couple times. Let's discuss that off camera of, like, uh, looking into that, setting that up, because that could be some juice for you. Yeah. Juice as is energy for you of like an academy, a place to do something like that. Because I think, I think if somebody's good at what they do, people will come. Yeah, I'm, and and I'm uh, 29 years doing it, at 51 years of age. They come. Yeah, I, mean, I got people out of the United States living with me now, so they they come. If you're good enough, they come. They don't need the glitz of the city and you know the 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 drama of that stuff. So. I think you're on to something with something that's because you said you wanted to do it something like the wood gym, right? Yeah. No sign, no. You yeah. Know, Gibby's in there just grinding, you know, coaching or having coaches. I don't know if you've thought far enough about a business plan, but I think you have the same style of something like this as soccer, right? Yeah. No, that's what I've I've thought about. Like, there's there's so many things that start up and clubs that start up that it, it's a money maker and it's soccer in in america is so expensive uh as a as a young kid like to put your kid through soccer a, a, a good program it costs a lot of money and and that's something that like i i would love to to start something here in knoxville because there is good talent there there, there are players and it's kind of i think a little bit maybe untapped um and i would want to start something that's not necessarily a money maker but something that's actually going to generate talent and produce players and everything that um and then with uh my connections and everything i would have a good team of of players that i i've already thought about like and talk to them a little bit if they'd be interested and like they're they're top players from over overseas so they have connections all over and i would love to to kind of give those opportunities to to move on to to Europe or get opportunities that you wouldn't get out of Tennessee because it's just it's not it's not a soccer place. Yeah. Um so that's something that I've I've thought about but I I think that'll be several years down the road cuz I'm still very very driven on my own right. my own career. Well, I'm already like thinking about different things for that like yeah. different tunnels, different avenues you could go down with that because like you said with your connections you could almost be a um, a business manager, or what's the word? A, a liaison, sports a liaison. What? Liaison. Uh, what is it? Liaison. Oh well, excuse me. <laughs> Homeostasis. <laughs> Homeostasis is the word that we used on our last generation part six. Yeah, um, like a sports agent, like uh, just the connections, of, and that's what I do is put everybody together, and and yeah, I think I think you're onto something with that. I really do. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. 
No, it'd be exciting because it's like I've thought about like going the agent route. I've thought about coaching. I've thought about this and that. But it could be all in yeah, one. exactly. So it would be. It, I just want to basically provide resources and a right. way, right. Um, and connections. And, and the everything. money will come later. I mean, yeah. I, did, I didn't do this to get the money, and I think that's where everybody makes a mistake and they don't think it out or or really have the like you said. I just want to play. I'm fine playing right now. I don't need all this money. I do what I love to do. Yeah. Um, and that that says a lot because that that's a lost that's a lost thought. Yeah. Now, nowadays in anything, everybody's looking for the huge splash on social media of money, and and uh, I think you and I aren't defined that way. Yeah. And I think that's what with gym people are. Oh, Man, I, I you know I just wanted to get a wrap around you. I wanted to get you in here before you leave because you said you could be gone at any time. Yeah. Right. So I'd, I'd want to thank you for coming in on a cold Friday in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, uh, I like that time. I think that's a good time to, to close it up and wrap it up and catch back up with you. Um, hell this time next year. Yeah. <laughs> I only see you once a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we get so much in, it's like a crash Gibby course. Uh, we train soccer taco podcast. Deal. Let's do it again next year. Let's do it. All right. Love you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Chaz.